Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As crime spreads around Merseyside, killer is on the loose. Only one man can save the city from certain doom. Wayne Rooney is DCI Volley in Wazza, coming to ITV soon. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory, and I'm joined by my very good friend. Adam, hey Rory, and I do apologise in advance for my uh, very rogue voice at the moment. I am feeling a bit under the weather, but nonetheless, we're still here, we're persevering, and uh, yeah, we, we probably should put a bit of context around Wazza, shouldn't we? So... <laughs> Wazza, this is the it's intriguing. This is the fantastic story. Now he's obviously been inspired by. Do you remember Arjen Dezeu? Oh yes, the policeman from the yeah. He became a detective <laughs> yeah. after his footballing career. Now Wayne Rooney has obviously seen this. Maybe maybe they were chatting on the pitch at Fratton Park, <laughs> and he thought, you know what. I quite fancy that, and he has apparently inquired <laughs> about going to law school, but. Colleen Rooney has robbed the world of what would have been one of the greatest post-career moves of all time by discouraging him from doing it. Can you believe it? It's amazing. I mean, the plot thickens, doesn't it? Literally. I mean, he takes the role of now Birmingham City. um, But prior to that, he admitted that he was looking at law prior to being offered the DC United job. So maybe he was trying to get undercover and learn how the uh, US do it. Right, Rory? He's going to have a rough job going undercover, to be fair. <laughs> like, it's going to have to be like, like, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to have to be deepest, darkest <laughs> Bolivia for him to not be recognized, I imagine. It's going to be a pretty rough undercover. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely love that. And I, I really, like, I don't really get involved in like the celebrity gossip and stuff. I'm not really, no. I can't really be bothered with it. But the Wagafer Christie story is absolutely <sighs> different. Like, we had we had the series Heard versus Depp recommended yeah, to of us, course, right? Yeah. And the missus was like, "Oh, we should watch it." And I was like, "I've got no interest. I absolutely <laughs> no interest in it." But then I saw the Wagatha Christie thing, and I was like, "We have to watch this." <laughs> and she was like, "It's the same thing. Like, it's exactly the same." Oh yeah, it is the same thing. You're right. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Um, but absolutely gripped by that, so I will be watching that. Um, and of course, we have that derby coming up soon, right? Birmingham yes. taking on Leicester City. Yeah, that was literally the first thing that most fans were looking at in terms of fixture list was when would Leicester City with Jamie Vardy turn up at St Andrews or the other way around. But I mean, it's um, set itself for some tension, shall we say, before the match starts. So um, yeah. If there wasn't bad enough tension by the fact that uh, Wayne Rooney's replaced John Eustace, who was doing quite a decent job for Birmingham, then the uh, pressure is certainly on DCI Wazza. DCI Wazza, we will be keeping up. Uh, we will be keeping our eye on him. Uh, we'll be surveilling him. That's, that's, the, <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of words they use, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as his career goes on um, in the second city, I'm actually genuinely intrigued about how that goes because I think yeah. he's had some very difficult jobs. Well, all of his jobs have kind of been difficult. I think like Derby, yeah, and then where else was he? DC United DC, were pretty DC, terrible. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he's not really been in a normal, stable club. Not the Birmingham are stable, but they <laughs> well, look yeah, like they're it. on their way up a little bit, maybe. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. But we do actually have quite a bit to talk about in this show, I suppose. <laughs> so very quickly, um, I'm going to tell you what you can expect. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about England versus Italy as two teams in very two very different places, uh, I yes. think, face off. Um, we'll be talking about San Marino getting their first goal for a while, which mm. is lovely to see. Um, we'll be doing a roundup of all the European groups, who is happy, who is disappointed. And of course, the return of club football this week. So we will be talking, uh, giving a preview of the Premier League and Serie A weekends as mm-hmm. football returns. Thank God. And of course, we will finish with our mastermind quiz where my fine self will be taking questions from the fine Adam. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go, mate. We will see you after this very quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And here we are. Welcome to the Euro Review, where it is time to talk about all of the European international action that took place across the last weekend week or so. And of course, we are going to start at Wembley, where sweet revenge was delivered very, very cold three (laughs) years later after. And these games are exactly equal. equal, I will not hear otherwise. Um, As England beat Italy 3-1 after going 1-0 down. Um, A very bright start from Italy, but I think overall... Across the game, England's quality told, and I think 3-1 was probably a fair result. Mm. Could have been more. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I think what was quite telling was, and I don't know if you felt the same, but um, certainly before the match kicks off, I wasn't too sure about Spalletti's choices in terms of the personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was very evident, Rory, was the loss of experience in the likes of, say, your Marco Verratti's, your Jorginho's, and maybe the likes of Chiellini and Bonucci. I think you're seeing that kind of, gap that Italy are missing from a national team perspective and um, whilst they still had a decent team um, they still seemed a bit lost in the way they were playing um, they were playing pretty much you know 10 men behind the ball at times uh, I was a bit disappointed I don't know how you felt the game kind of went as it kind of progressed but England looked the more, more threatening despite going back behind. And I think that kind of attack kind of summed it up. It was something of a wake-up call. And you could hear the kind of frustrations when Harry Maguire is getting the ball, but no one around him is moving to create space or opportunities. So I think Mm. there was that frustration in the first half for England up until obviously they get that penalty. Um, But largely, I was very disappointed by the way Italy approached it. Um, Also, it, it did kind of... I felt like defensively they were really shoddy. You you kind of said they had a fantastic defence. Unfortunately, on that, that well, third goal, it didn't look <laughs> it did anything not. like that. Um, but one special word, and I'm sure we're going to purr over it, Rory, is Bellingham's performance. So, um, yeah, I've said enough. What was your thoughts about the match itself? I was hoping you wouldn't bring up the Italian defence. I genuinely <laughs> said it was very, very strong, didn't I? I said, like, I think this is where they could be quite tight at the back. I feel like Scalvini definitely didn't have his best game. No. Um, but with him being 18 years old, you, um, you know, inconsistency is often a problem there. I think he was very unlucky to get booked. Yes. Because yeah, that was a foul by Calvin Phillips. It, I don't, well, I can't we, believe. We can talk about that, but he yeah, certainly I can't was believe very I lucky to stay on the pitch. didn't. I go Calvin Phillips's way I'll be honest um, mm. I couldn't believe that but I think Scalvini was found out quite a lot I think Echerbi alongside him definitely didn't have a great game either I think we're still seeing like like you said there isn't that experienced head at the back yeah. like Di Lorenzo is kind of fairly experienced but I think with Italy maybe not that experienced no, I don't think so. like they haven't got that player like you said like a Benucci or Collini who's been there done that can organise the defence can keep it calm and I think maybe I expected it from a Cherby, but you think even he hasn't really he his career's kind of no. kicked off fairly recently yeah. if you know what I mean the last couple of years so I think yeah they lacked a little bit of um, experience and then into the midfield as well like Barella obviously Obviously, it's fantastic. But between Cristante and Fratese, they're two players, again, that don't really have that leadership mm. quality or that, like, yeah, they, they, it just felt like there wasn't that, no. that person on the field who was able to raise standards and demand more. And I think Barella maybe could be the person to do that, but I don't know. It just it was all a bit disappointing. There was a bit of lack of direction. Mm. And I think once Italy, they had a really bright start, yeah. But then once England equalised, it just felt like, ah, okay, and that's us done. Yeah. Um, and like the the pressing and the pace and the stuff that they showed in the in the early stages just kind of faded away. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think they just weren't able to maintain those those standards, uh, the the standard of performance. But I was kind of talking about it with a few colleagues mm. today, and they weren't best pleased, I suppose. But I was just like, Italy are just bang average they're just a very average team at the minute I think like there's obviously some world-class players there but overall the product is just quite Mm. average yeah um and I think if they do get to the Euros like I still expect them to get there but we'll talk about Mm -hmm. how they might fuck that up yeah (laughs) like like 
if they do get there, I think quarterfinals would be an incredibly successful tournament for them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how is it being perceived at the moment from an Italian perspective? Because, I mean, as much as like we're saying, you know, they had their moments, I wasn't really convinced that any part of that match that they would go out and, no, you know, win I don't, think any, I don't think any of them expected to win it. And I no. think most Italian fans would say, this is not a stellar Italian course, team. This yeah. is not 2000s Italy, if you know yeah. what I mean. This is not like a top, top Italian team. But, and I think most of them look at the Euro win and say that was a very good manager. That was just like the right manager with the right team at the right yeah. time that it lined up it and kind out. of the stars lined. And they played really well that tournament. I don't mm. want to take anything away from that. But even that squad, they would say, well, that's not the best Italian mm. squad. So I feel like they're very realistic in what they have at the moment. But I think they also know that they've got a very good manager in Spalletti and they have improved since he took over. Mm. And if they do give him time and let him figure out what squad he's got and who he can Mm. bring through. And he does seem to be a bit more keen to play the young players, which I think is a huge thing we've talked about in Italy so many times about how young players don't get opportunities, young people don't get opportunities. And this is a manager that seems to be more willing to do that. Mm. That being said, he did play El Shirawi on the left wing. Yes. And the guy's this, like this was weird. not been decent since <laughs> 2008, really, no, if you know what I mean. Exactly. So I think there's still room for improvement, but Spalletti's definitely like bringing in a dodgy, bringing in Scalvini, he's trying to bring trying in these younger players. Through. So I think people know that it's the start of something. Yeah, They're same. just worried that they won't make another tournament. I think like not making two World Cups in a row is humiliating. Yeah. Like not making the Euros, like they let any bugger into the Euros <laughs> at the minute, really. If you if you're honest about it, it's yeah. difficult not to qualify, right? At the moment, um, yeah. if you're anywhere, ne- if and I'm including Ireland, if you're anywhere near a decent team, wow, it's quite difficult it. not to qualify. So I think if for them to not qualify for Euros would be full on like alarm bells ringing, yeah. like yeah, disaster. But I think look, they have two games to get four points. Right. Yeah. So they have to play North Macedonia at home, yeah. which is massive. Yeah. At least it's at home. They won't have to play that on that potato still field nothing, again. Yeah, still a banana skin potentially. <laughs> yeah, but they won't have to play on the potato field yeah, again, which true. will help. Um, and then they've got Ukraine in Germany. Yes. Yeah. So in Leverkusen, that is the big one. Yeah. I think North Macedonia, they have to be looking at winning. They have to like. There's no. You yeah. cannot. If you draw not that, win that game. then you've set yourselves up for failure. Yeah. Essentially. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think he's found out from this experiment against England what his trusted individuals are? Because I wasn't too convinced by Cristante or when we spoke about it on mm. Monday. I thought he was shown up really a few times, yeah. but I think he was probably not helped by his colleagues as well. The one thing that I think Spalletti got right was Berardi down that right-hand side, which exploited mm-hmm. Kieran Trippier for that goal, right? Yeah, but they yeah, didn't yeah, seem yeah. to carry it on. So do you think he's learned from what we saw against England? And therefore, you know, we, we haven't even spoke about the freak that is Jude Bellingham yet, but I yeah. mean, his performance, it was incredible. I think he was I'm sur- like, all inspiring, wasn't he? Yeah, we, we will. We will get onto him. I think, look, I think... I'm surprised Locatelli didn't play. Yeah, he's having exactly. a very good he's having a very mm-hmm. good season for Juve. And I think I'm surprised he didn't he didn't come in. I think the next games we will see him play. Yeah. And I also think Bastoni will be starting the next game. He's got to. I yeah. think to an extent for Italy, this game was kind of a free hit. Mm. I don't think there was massive expectation on them beforehand. They would have liked, obviously, they wanted to go out there and win, but I think this isn't the game that they have to focus on, or this yeah, wasn't the game that they have to focus on. I think Spalletti kind of knew that. So there was a bit of a, let's see if there are other options. Mm. Um, but I think next time we'll definitely see Locatelli and, and um, Locatelli, Bastoni, and even DeMarco starting, yeah. really. Um, just a bit more solid and a bit more um, mm. experience there. So I think he would have learned. He would have learned things there. I think I'm still going to stick up for Castante, but I think he's he's not a starter. No, but he's what a we've squ- seen is he's, he's a not squad a squad player, right? He's a squad yeah, player. He's someone that can come on when you when you're winning. To sure kind of up. like the kind of like the role that Jorginho does at Arsenal at the minute. Yeah. When you're winning, you bring him on and he can slow the play down, he can keep the ball, he can retain possession, mm. recycle it. I think it, that kind of role. So I think next time I would I would expect to see Locatelli playing basically. But mm. I do like Skamaka up front. I think he's their best I think he's I think he's Italy's best mm-hmm. option up front, really. Um 
And if he can continue, please continue your form. I have him in Fanta Calcio, but please continue your form. If he can get back into good form, then I think he's by far Italy's best option for a striker. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now that Immobile isn't really an option. But no, we should talk about England. Um, I think it says a lot about England and how much the expectation levels have risen. Yeah. That they have, or we, they have beaten. Um, <laughs> they've done the double over Italy. Yeah. And nobody's really talking about it like it's a big deal. Now, I think historically when England come up against the big teams, we don't usually win comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been a raising of standards and a raising of expectations. And I think we're seeing with this team, even if you say that like Maguire isn't necessarily first choice, although yeah. he seems to be like Calvin Phillips isn't first choice or like Saka wasn't playing. Mm. There's There were some players missing within this squad. But the depth is so good yes, that yeah. it doesn't massively make a difference. I think Foden was really good. I just wish he got more game time at City. I feel like he doesn't yeah. play enough at City. Yeah, I think he is slowly starting to get that, though, to be fair. Um, but I think you really did see reasons why Pep Guardiola doesn't really play Calvin Phillips very often. Um and I thought he was very lucky to stay on the pitch, personally. I very, very. There was two I, early instances where the referee kind of let, like, kind of had a word, if that makes sense. Well, but, he should have been sent off. He, he should have been sent off. The thing is, two. this is what I mean. I mean, I think your first one, you kind of go, okay, cool. Second one should have been straight yellow yeah. card. Yeah. Definitely. And then that should have been followed up by a second yellow. So yeah. I'm surprised Southgate didn't see the signs very early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he would have seen on the action replay like one of the yeah. challenges in particular that's the one where you, you said about Scalvini getting the yellow With card Scalvini, for, yeah, he had yeah. a go because it was on Barella that challenge and yeah that yeah. was pretty bad um yeah, yeah. but that said I, do you, do you, I one, think gone no I think with Calvin Phillips he's also not playing football he's rusty as hell he comes in yeah. and he's like trying to impress he's a yard off the pace he's like I, he's a player I really like, so I'm going to show him sympathy <laughs> every yeah, I opportunity think... I can because I really do hope it looks like in January he's going he's to be gonna gone, go. right? I think there's going to be there's going to be a move. I still would be like Arteta, just fucking get him. Yeah, you can t- yeah, yeah. you can get him into the player that he was. We can definitely use him. And while you're at it, get Sancho from United. I'll take them both. Um, <laughs> but I really hope he gets his career back on track because he was such a great player for Leeds. Mm-hmm. He is a very good player. Bielsa was able to turn him into, you know, the Yorkshire Pirlo, if you know what I mean. He was unbelievable. So I think that move at City just hasn't really worked out and he's not been given the opportunities. But then when he has been... Well, he hasn't really, even since Rodri was suspended, he hasn't really been given the opportunity. No, he's given one or two matches. I think there was one in a League yeah. Cup match. Um, but again, yeah. there was no kind of on the next match up, he wasn't even picked. It was Rico Lewis, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that kind Against of... Against Arsenal, it. it was Rico Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So I think it, it it does say a lot. It does say a lot. But we're going to talk about Jude Bellingham. Now, I saw a great... Um, I've seen quite a few Scottish people uh, tweeting already. And there was... I think it was a comedian, Mark Gordon, who's very, very yeah. funny. He tweeted saying, like, Jude Bellingham ties his shoelaces. English pundit. Not only has he tied his shoelaces, this man has ensured that his boot will stay on for his team. What a captain he is. Now, obviously, it's a very, very funny... It's a funny joke. But I think what I love already is that it's only just started and the Scottish and the Irish and the Welsh are going to get so angry at how hyped up this guy is going to get by the English press. But I think for once, the hype is completely justified. (laughs) I think there is not enough hype in the world for how good this guy has been. And it was another performance and his role in the second goal where he doesn't Mm. like knock it over a player and then just play the ball through. Just he is hitting levels where I think, and this may be... um, I can't remember the word now, over the top. Mm-hmm. But I think he's arguably one of the best footballers on the planet at the moment. Yeah, I think there's no kind of argument to say that he isn't. Like, he's got to be considered as one of the best around because athletically, how mature he is, how like articulate he is when he does his interviews. Um, but he's got the footballing brain. That, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, he can wade through those challenges, still have the skills, 
and you know either assist or score goals that that is how superb he is and the fact that he's lauded up in Real Madrid kind of tells you its own story you don't end up at Real Madrid if you're not a good player so I mean there could be arguments why Gravison ended up there but that's for another day <laughs> the first name that came in was Julian Fobert <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. there's a few examples there but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean yeah you don't take number five as a choice mm-hmm. very easily without a certain mm-hmm. say so from the uh, board and a certain president mm-hmm. so um yeah he's proving what he is and uh, yeah like you say it's very scary that he's only 20 i mean mm-hmm. he hasn't really come to it's the mental, height yet it? it's mental mental absolutely he, he, he deserves it because he's going into a team now that's gonna start winning things and i i mm-hmm. genuinely i should have called it a few weeks ago but i do fancy real madrid for the this year's champions league just oh, purely yeah. on him alone. Yeah. They don't need a just striker. Just that midfield. Just the yeah. midfield. The midfield is daft. Chuamani, Kamavinga, and Bellingham is just... How they've replaced Cruz, Modric, and whoever the other ones. Um, it's gone out of my head now. Casemiro uh, was, wasn't it? Casemiro, I apologise. Do I apologise? Not Maybe really. Apologize. <laughs> um, how they've replaced that midfield in a heartbeat is insane. But I think, yeah, he's... He just keeps hitting higher and higher levels and I just, I'm absolutely here for it because yeah. I can't believe, I cannot believe he's English. It's insane. Um, so yeah, outstanding performance from him. Um, Harry Kane with two goals, obviously yeah. a penalty, a very nice finish for the third goal, yeah. um, a very well worked goal. He looks super fit and super sharp. I think he looks in really good shape. I think he's <clears throat> starting to rub off on what Bayern Munich do mm. if that makes sense so i think he's starting to become a striker as opposed to being you know everything. the creator of everything yeah. does everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and that's what he was used to at being at spurs and maybe that pressure has also been taken off him as well mm-hmm. because he's not yeah. i know there's, there's, scoring, there is a mate, fee, but he's yeah, just yeah. concentrating on being a striker but the one player i wanted to highlight was actually Mac- marcus rashford i felt like the kind of um exuberance of bellingham kind of kind of rubbed off on him it was almost like he touched yeah, him yeah. and then suddenly he became the Rashford that yeah. we know like right? Space Jam yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah he looks like a completely different Rashford he looks like someone mm. that didn't have a lot of pressure on his shoulders he seemed like a player that feel, had a trust yeah. of a manager and I suppose that plays a huge part into the success of England right um, and yeah he didn't have to worry about his club that was the yeah. difference I think he has the weight of the world on his shoulders at yeah. United and you can see him getting away from that a little bit. It was, again, a really well-taken goal, really yeah. nice goal. Um, and yeah, the amount of runs he was getting down the left, oh, he was just absolutely constant. bombing forward. And he, he had a few more where he cut inside like he always yeah. does, can, but you can't stop it. Cut inside and just, just over the crossbar or just missed. And I was like, yeah. that's his confidence back. His chest is up. His, like, you know, his chest is out. His shoulders are up. He looked, yeah, it, a in-form Rashford is a beautiful thing to mm. watch, I'll be honest. So I was really, yeah, you're, I'm glad you mentioned him. He really... Really uh, good performance from him. And just, I just have to say, because I have to mention every time, Declan Rice was fantastic again. <laughs> yeah. He's just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a great win for England. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. No real drama. No, um, no. Jordan Henderson, was he booed as he came on off? It was, it was hard to tell. It and was. That was the other thing we probably haven't alluded to, but Wembley was very quiet. It wasn't it was mad quiet. Yeah. It was really strange. I had a friend at work yeah. that actually turned up for the match and he said that was the worst match he's ever attended in terms of atmosphere. It was dreadful Damn. in his opinion. And he said he's been to a fair few matches where like the uh, atmosphere yeah. could be debatable, but he said w- yeah, Wembley yeah. was horrific and you couldn't really hear much going on. It was, was, it was so strange. It was it full. Half empty. I think okay. it was the corporate tickets though. Because you know where behind where the um, dugouts yeah, yeah, are, yeah. that's normally them like lounging around. They're mm. probably uh, too cold, should we say, uh, to yeah, sit out yeah. there. So, um, but yeah, it did empty out very quickly uh, around the 80th minute mark yeah, as soon as close. England were cruising at three one. So, yeah, um, it was a bit of a disappointment. I know that international football is always a bit harder to get atmosphere, but. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. It was very, very quiet. Um, mm. But very big win for England. They are officially at the tournament. Yeah. Good to see. Me and the boys have you applied for tickets for the yeah. Euros. We have got weekends booked off or penciled in. Um, hopefully, Dortmund. Fingers crossed <sighs> for Dortmund. It's on my bucket list to visit that wall. stadium. So. Yep. Yeah, that would be incredible. So uh, cross your fingers for us, listeners, please, because England are definitely there. Now, Ireland won't be, so we'll be with the England fans. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to move on from there. I think that's everything for England, yeah, Italy, right? So. Yeah. 
Um, nice. Now, we wanted to talk about a momentous occasion within European <laughs> football. Um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you have to follow San Marino fan account because yes. he is fantastic. He's just such a good follow. But San Marino <laughs> score an equalize against Denmark. Alessandro Golinucci um, getting the goal as Denmark massively struggle. They did. Um, and Schmeichel loses his mind. What happened? Yeah, he's getting really argy with uh, Ball Boy, who uh, he felt was uh, keeping the ball to uh, maintain San Marino's <laughs> kind of potential draw here. Um, but yeah, he snatches it off at the uh, play, uh, Ball Boy, should I say, and tries to do a quick kick out. Um, but yeah, after the game, Schmeichel was questioned by the Danish reporters asking why he uh, was so aggressive with the Ball Boy. And he said, well, I'm here to win a match, wasn't I? So, like, <laughs> so he's getting a bit snappy, old Casper. He takes he after his dad, doesn't he? He takes after his dad. Is it Roy Keane described him as a balloon, is it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolute balloon. Yeah. Um, you imagine getting angry because of San Marino. Just It's San Marino, man. I know you don't want to be the guy who doesn't beat San Marino, but don't shout at the ball, boys. Um, but an incredible moment for San Marino. Yeah. The wait for a win goes on, but I think the whole world is behind them. And when they do finally win, oh, there's going to be a party beyond parties. <laughs> wow. I keep saying to Tiz, right, every time we travel across Italy or we go somewhere in Italy, we always go past San Marino. I'm like, okay. can we go? Can we go to San Marino? Why do you want to go to San Marino? Like it's, we have to just visit. When San Marino win, I'm gonna go and visit San Marino. I'm taking the girlfriend, whether she likes it or not. Um that'll be a nice that'll be a nice romantic weekend. Um but good. Um elsewhere, one of our favorite teams, or I think I I yeah. hope by this point they're one of your favorite teams now, Adam. Yeah. Um get a massive win in Finland as Kazakhstan yeah. win two one. And yes, they scored late goals. It's what they do. They yeah. just score late goals. They were 1-0 down thanks to Robert Taylor from Finland. Um, and then back back now poor back Paktiar Jayutdinov. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, got there in the end. Uh, scores a penalty and the winner in the 89th minute. And it means that within the table, Kazakhstan now go up to um I need to find it. They're now third in the They're table. Third, yeah. Just behind the lights of Slovenia and is it Denmark in that group? Denmark, exactly. So yeah. they're third in the table, plus their Europe, plus their Nations League performance means that they should almost certainly be secure of playoff places. Um, and as we've seen with their performance against big teams like Denmark mm. and Finland and Slovenia, um, that on their day they can cause anyone problems. Um, I think I am kind of working on a in the case, like, you know, the kind of breaking case of emergency, in the case that they qualify, I'm working on a bit of a, let's learn about Kazakh football and who these footballers are. Um, But on their day, they can cause trouble for anyone and they seem like a super organised team, right? I think that just goes to show you the levels of football have increased even for these kind of nations. I know this country in particular is ranked 100. I just searched it on FIFA rankings. Um, But, it's joyous in some respects, Rory, that, you know, it's seeing these kind of caliber of teams that used to get trounced on a kind of yearly basis when they were in these groups now starting to kind of grow as a footballing nation. So, you know, when I was looking at one of the groups, seeing the likes of Bulgaria being bottom of their group, it kind of tells you its own story. I was used to seeing Stoichkov, you know, and Boyanov and those kind of players. And now you've got nations like Kazakhstan that mm-hmm. weren't even the actual state were they they weren't even an yeah, actual yeah, country yeah. back in the day um so yeah to see them kind of blossom and become even better over time it's great i mean even we have to talk about like georgia they've got the potential of um going above norway in group a as well so i mean there's so many uh, kind of these mm-hmm. little nations that are starting to grow in terms of their footballing ability and i know georgia's a special case they've got kvarat Skelia, but still for even these lesser nations like kazakhstan it's really nice well, this is why this is why the Nations League was brought in, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the bigger nations and bigger nations fans will be like, "Oh, such a pointless tournament! Why have you got to play this? More football to be played." But not everything in football no. is catered towards you, right? Exactly. And this is why it's been brought in. These teams can actually try and build systems yeah. rather than just let's just stick ten men behind the ball <laughs> and hope we don't get spanked too much. Yeah. Like, and I think it's honestly the best idea that UEFA have come up with. It is incredible. And it says a lot that I think most other continents now, so they have a North American Nations League as well, right? Mm. Um, 
so other continents are copying it and going, oh, actually, if we do want to see an increase in standards, we need, need something that, 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 that does this. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, gives consistent competition and even competition and allows practice and development. I think it's just a great thing to see. And I really, really hope that when I'm in Germany, I get to wear my Kazakhstan shirt <laughs> and they will be at the tournament. Uh, I really, really hope that happens. Um, but Adam, was there anything else you want to talk about in the European qualifiers? Any headlines? Um, I think just seeing Luxembourg kind of, yeah, they're on the cusp <sighs> at the moment in Group J. I know in that group, we've got Portugal that are completely dominating. Just like by the 32 way, yes. goals they've scored, two conceded um, with a maximum of 24 points already t- obtained. So they were already through ages ago. So that was one of the highlights in the qualifiers from this mm-hmm. week. Obviously, we also saw Serbia beating Montenegro 3-1. Um, yes. So that's a bit of a grudge match there. But Montenegro still maintained third place at the moment as it currently oh. stands. And Austria under a certain Ralph Ragnick. I right. think I've qualified. <laughs> Can we talk about Ralph Ragnick? Because I feel like United did not use him properly, no. right? At all shock. Right, yeah. United bring someone in and don't use he them properly. He spoke truth, and those video clips are being clipped as we speak, saying, <laughs> this is what you should have believed. <laughs> yeah, I told you should listen. But I love this job he's doing at Austria, because oh, all brilliant. of a sudden it's just like, they've been incredible, right? Five wins, uh, a draw, and a loss. Like, comfortably, se- comfortably second in the group. Yes. Like, yeah. And, yeah, I saw it, and I had to remember he was manager, and I was like, Oh, God damn it. That's another one that United just put in a big grave. <laughs> yeah. uh, unbelievable, the, the knack they have for that. Yeah. Um, but also Portugal, I want to very quickly say, I feel like they always smash qualifying mm. and then just when the tournament comes, maybe don't quite yeah. perform as you'd think. Um, I say that knowing they won it two tournaments ago, but um, I feel like they kind of, they, qualifying, they always absolutely fly through it. Yeah, exactly. No? Yeah, I, I would um, say so, yeah. But they still do look very, very scary. 32 goals in eight games is absolutely mental. I can't even do the maths. Um, Good. So um, I think that's all the European qualifying. Just one warm story, which was Wales, obviously. They are within Mm. touching distance of actually qualifying automatically. Fantastic result against Croatia. Um, I was going to put it to you. Obviously, we we interviewed Lovra, wasn't it, for the Mm -hmm. um, World Cup. Exactly. It feels like Croatia might screw this up. They're on the same points tally as Wales as it currently stands, but Wales have got the game in hand at the moment from what I remember. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, no, actually they've got both a game to play. So uh, Croatia have to go to Latvia and Wales have to go to Armenia, which you would anticipate they should get the win. Um mm. But yeah, I um, think Armenia is the trickier of those games. I would say Armenia so. is the trickier yes. of those games. Yeah, so it's still within the um, hands. But I think the nice story about this was apparently Wales FA were going to kind of show the door to Robert Page, but the players got behind him and said, "No, it's their responsibility. They're in the position." They convinced the FA to stick with Robert Page. And the bear of fruits is there that he managed to get yeah. pull off this amazing result. I think there was this kind of poignant moment where Wells took the lead with Harry Wilson, and he was kind of like just there, taking embracing the moment. He was kind of very silent and wasn't doing much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he, he loved that result. And fair play yeah. to Wales; they don't get enough credit because they always seem to be on the back of some terrible defeat half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're actually hopefully going to have a process now. Yeah, I think it's really good that the like the FAW like I, the one the podcast I listen to they kind of all Welsh football or sports yeah. fans and they always sing the praises of the FAW. They're the most popular football association that I can think yeah. of amongst its fans, um, and I think that they seem to make good decisions. Yeah. They seem to be sensible. very sensible and they seem to kind of know what they're doing yes. in regards to like fan culture and like everything. But I think on the, on the pitch as well. And I think after the, the world cup, there was such a huge event, right? Qualifying for the first time mm. since uh, 56. Right. Um, and then being so disappointing, I think maybe there was a bit of a hangover of yeah. like just trying to, and then Gareth Bale retires and this whole yeah. thing of like, like that was there's just this emotional drain and now there's maybe been a bit of a reset and right we go mm-hmm. again kind of thing because that squad is still a very good squad yeah. um so i think it's good to see them still in with a shout mm-hmm. um and they'll always they're always good quality good um yes. value aren't they the welsh so yeah absolutely fantastic good 
Um, we're going to leave the European roundup yeah. there for now. Um, we're going to take a very quick break and we're going to come back with our weekend previews for the Premier League and Serie A. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Phil Brown, and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian Podcast. We are back, and so is domestic football as Premier League and Serie A returns. We're going to start in the Premier League, I've just decided, um, as we have a big weekend coming up. Mm. Now, firstly, it's a spicy one. The early yes. kickoff on a Saturday, yeah, half past twelve. Now we talk about um, Juve Torino as like the most one-sided <laughs> um, derby, but an Everton fan's going to hate me for this. I apologise. Yeah. Liverpool Everton might be up there in terms of one-sided derbies. Yeah, very much. Um, so. But Liverpool at Anfield taking on Everton. Beto, uh, I saw a quote from him this week saying that he dreamed of playing in the Merseyside, Merseyside derby um, from watching it on TV as a kid. I don't. I, I, I believe him completely. I'm just not sure if he dreamed of being in a blue kit. Again, I apologize, yeah, Everton fans. <laughs> um, but this is a really big game. Um, Liverpool, of course, kind of quietly getting about their business this season. How do you expect this game to go? Is it going to be a comfortable win for Liverpool? I, kind of uh, I, I can't really read this one very well because, you know, when you look at the stats, you kind of go, uh, do we dismiss Everton, you know? And it's really strange because if you look at the XG, if it wasn't for where the position is right now, if they'd taken their chances, they would technically be fifth in the league, which is so weird. But that was on the basis of the teams that they've played so far haven't been mm-hmm. set of the big calibre teams that they sh- will be facing, like Liverpool now. Just looking at the head Except Arsenal. Except of course, Arsenal. yeah, there is Except Arsenal as well. Yeah. But... <laughs> Looking at the record as well, Liverpool have absolutely dominated this fixture. So 14 wins, 13 draws and only two wins for Everton. I think the only time that I remember them coming close, I think I want to say, was when Ancelotti was there. Do you recall yeah. there was that two-all draw um, at, their, mm-hmm. at Anfield? I think that was during COVID time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know which kind of Everton we're going to have. It's almost like that Jekyll and Hyde. Which Everton team turns up and... I think they will give an account, but the problem is I just think Liverpool with the calibre of players, right? I just think they're going to be too strong for Everton. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you see this playing out? Well, looking at the history books, it is the game with the most red cards in history. Um, It is the game that has the most draws in Premier League history. It has the most goalless draws in Premier League history. Um, And I think what Liverpool have kept 26 Premier League clean sheets against Everton, more than they have against any other opponent. Um, I can only see this going one way, really. I think Liverpool, if whatever happens Mm. at the the toilet bowl in North London doesn't happen. I think Liverpool win. Um, I think they've been very good this season. Mm -hmm. So I expect them to fully get the job done against Everton here. I think we could be seeing like a three or four. Um, Because I think once Everton concede one, it could be like, floodgates open sorry Everton fans I've gone proper two-footed in on you there (laughs) straight the season's back bang two-footed straight away um the start of the three o'clock kickoffs we have Brentford versus Burnley we have Bournemouth versus Wolves Mm -hmm. um in what I expected to be a basement battle but Wolves I think are kind of keeping themselves out of it at the moment um they're a full Oh, God, the miles off the relegation zone. Five points clear of the relegation zone. Bournemouth obviously still looking for their first win of the season. I think they might still be looking come Monday. Mm. Um, Then we have Nottingham Forest taking on Luton. Man City against Brighton. Now, this is a spicy one. Now, I think Rodri is back for this game, right? This is the first game he's back. Um, So, Man City 
no excuses now. Exactly. Um, this should be them back to full flow, right? I would imagine so. I think, obviously, if you look at Rodri being rested, essentially, just take it from that kind of philosophy, he's going to be purring for this. Um, and probably the right kind of spark for Pep Guardiola. And I think if you look at the form of Brighton as well, last two games, mm-hmm. draw respectively against Liverpool, but then they had the previous defeat as well. Um, you know, I think Deserby's yeah, starting to feel slapping. this yeah, is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Deserby's starting to feel this kind of fixture uh, congestion, shall we say, at this moment in time, yeah. because they are still going to play uh, Europa uh, League games as well in between that. So I, I just feel like this could be a game too far for Brighton, and I could see mm. maybe a Haaland goal just to get his confidence back up here. So, yeah, yeah I think he's going to be purring, should we say. So, yeah. yeah, Man City have won 10 of their 12 Premier League meetings against Brighton. And Brighton yeah. have never won a game, an away league game against Man City. Yeah, so, says it all. Um, yeah, maybe there will be an upset on the cards. Please, does that be just, <laughs> please. I'm praying, I'm praying. We need all the help we can get. Um, Newcastle. A three o'clock kickoff. They will be taking on Crystal Palace. Absolute scenes. Um, And then late kickoff on the Saturday. I thought it was on a Sunday. It must have got moved. Um, Late kickoff on the Saturday. Chelsea against Arsenal at Stamford Bridge. Reese James is back. Chelsea fans are being very, very loud about him being back. (laughs) Um, Fun stat. This year, Jorginho has captained Chelsea more times at Stamford Bridge than Reese James has. Um, <laughs> Jorginho has captained them four times and Reese James has captained them once. Um, yeah. But uh, that just came up on Twitter today and I really enjoyed it. Um, our record at Stamford Bridge, touch wood, mm. is very, very, very good. Um, so I'm quietly, again, touch wood, confident heading into this game. How do you see this one going? It'd be very interesting to see from a Chelsea perspective if they can bring the form that they built up over the last few games. Um, I think almost like the international break came at the wrong time for them because it felt like they were gaining momentum at this moment in time. There is still a few question marks, I think, up top, to be fair. So I'm still, I think there's a lot of question marks on Jackson, to be fair. But I mean, Reese James is definitely a confidence boost for them ahead of this fixture. Um, but I think. Arsenal, that's that's going to be the critical one, is like you've got the result against Man City, you now need to get a win or at yeah. least get a point here. I, I think, personally, Arsenal will get a win here. I think it won't mm-hmm. be a whitewash of goals. I think it's going to be one goal in it, potentially. Yeah, and that yeah. should be enough. Um, wouldn't surprise me if Gabriel, from a set piece, someone like that, scores. Yeah. Run fair. it back. We did it last year. Yeah, Run it back. Exactly. Run it back. So I think it will be a close game, though. Um, the player I'm most worried about is Raheem Sterling, to be honest. He's the player where I'm like, he's 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 having a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's clicking a little bit. Uh, Mudrick is starting to knock in a yeah. few goals. It would be very classic for Mudrick to score against us, I'll be honest. Um, but quietly, mm-hmm. kind of quietly confident about this one. Um, on the Sunday, but you're right. Sorry, you're right. After that huge win against City, the last thing you need to do now is drop points. You just need to keep it going, keep it going, exactly. show that it's not... Show yep. that it's not a fluke. On then there's a late late kickoff late, on late. Saturday. Yeah, late late kickoff. Sheffield United against Manchester United. I think this has banana skin written all over it. What do you think? I think you know we we could see Paul Heckingbottom getting a victory. I'm surprised he's still in the job. To be fair, but he is there, and um, yeah, it, it, it's probably going to be one of those days. I think for Man United where mm. they probably wish that the international fixture week was still taking place. Like, Continue. Yeah, because they yeah. would rather see that. And I think obviously the news around the ownership piece is to an extent, it seems to have deflated the fan base, which is so strange because yeah, they obviously want well, to be state owned and that's a separate top conversation for another yeah. day basically. But yeah. yeah, I mean, just they're getting themselves way ahead of themselves. When there was these rumors of you could have got Mbappe, let's be serious. You're never going to get Mbappe. And yeah, yeah just, just stop it. Just stop it and deal with the real issues at the moment in the hand. So Ten Hag, I think, for once, has not got the kind of tension or like the press on him. It's all about no, the ownership, no, which is probably welcome right now. Um, it's probably fair as well to an extent. Like yeah. it's about like it, I know we we've said a lot that Ten Hag should be doing better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. But also there should be a bit of a spotlight on their ownership constantly of that club. Obviously, yeah. um, I am also really skeptical as to why. They are giving a minority share to someone, but giving him control of the club. I just find it 
I'm, it's really there's something we're not seeing or there's, I think there's the way we're seeing that... this is personally this is my view is they can continue to pile on the depths on Man United mm. whilst they've got someone like Jim Radcliffe being able to pump in money of his own to help with the sporting side of things so I think the yeah. philosophy here is he's going to take o- over that ownership piece of how they deal with the sporting aspect maybe the transfer ability but rightly kind of highlighted on another podcast that I was listening to is what he did at Nice wasn't necessarily great like he didn't transform them into anything yeah and this is the thing Nice were quite a well-run club up until he kind of took them over and since then they've had numerous kind of transfers where they've splashed out a lot of money as well on individual players like Ross Barkley Aaron Ramsey Casper Schweikel for example just like a few examples there where it just didn't work Um, and you know they had someone like Galtier for example in charge and you know he left them so it does feel like um, there's a lot of unknowns here Rory and I don't necessarily think he's the right person by the sounds of it but I'm happy to be like corrected if he does turn it yeah, around yeah, yeah. I think for Man United's sake since Man United supporters they crave a turnaround of something and they need something that is a bit more foresight in terms of their transfer strategy going forward yeah. because I think Casemiro is stopgap but he's going to be finished I think by the end of the season I, I think yeah, maybe, literally yeah, they need yeah, to start yeah, replacing yeah. him so that's another headache going forward and mm. he's on high wages who's going to buy him out of course he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think they're just happy for anyone at the moment, regardless of who it is, but mm. just a fresh idea, yes. right? Uh, but yeah, I thought Nice have not been great under him. But anyway, um, on the Sunday, there's only one game. Aston Villa taking on West Ham yeah, in the blue and burgundy mm. off. Um, that'll be a fun game. That'll be a really fun game. Very open game. Two different philosophies to an extent. I think it depends who's going to cancel which team out um, to a degree because sometimes... I think they're quite similar, yeah. This is what I mean. I so, quite, like, yeah. which one was going to be the standoffish? Who's going to be the more explosive and attacking? <laughs> who's going to have the ball? Who's, who's <laughs> gonna have, it'll be that Simpsons episode all over again. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I think this could be an interesting match because you've got very interesting players on both sides, right? Paquette mm-hmm. on one, Bowen as well on the same side versus someone like a Jacob Ramsey, who I'm getting a bit more like, mm, maybe oh. there should be some consideration about him coming into the England squads going forward. You know, you know, I think they've got some decent players, Aston Villa, and it's just about how they can harness it. They, I think Emery's the right man at the moment at the helm, so let's put yeah. it that way. This could be a very, very entertaining Sunday afternoon. Mm. I think Aston Villa West Ham, I might be tuning into that one. Nice. Yeah. And then on Monday evening, we have Tottenham hosting Fulham. Um... Come on, Fulham. That's all I have to say. Just do something. But I think that's going to be a Tottenham win, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it should be straightforward. Um, One thing that I would highlight here as well, Spurs have then got to go and play Crystal Palace on Friday. Do you think that fixture list is a bit of a strange one, given (sighs) neither clubs are in Europe, right? Um, It's such a strange one. but yeah, not a lot of resting time for Spurs in that space of time. I would have thought, if anything, bring it to the Sunday and not it worry about It feels unnecessary, that. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, you would have put someone like from the Saturday fixture potentially on the Monday yeah. night instead. But It does feel unnecessary, but yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> they get to rest all week, Sodom. Like, none of, nobody else can, Sodom. Yeah. Um, okay, so that is the Premier League roundup. Um, Adam, take us through Serie A. Let's go through it. So we'll start off on Saturday. Um, Not too many games here, Rory, but we'll start off at 2pm where we've got Hellas Verona taking on Napoli. Uh, Napoli haven't sacked Rudy Garcia yet, Rory, but I think if there is a defeat on the cards, I could see that being the end of his time. Conte was basically confirmed then wasn't, right? Yes, he's kind of ruled himself (laughs) out of it or something like that along those lines. It's such a strange kind of sequence of events, right? He said that at the moment he's promised time to his family um, and he wants to return to a team that have recently won. Which was strange. Which makes yeah. it sound like he doesn't want to work that hard. <laughs> like, if you know what I mean, I don't want to build anything. I just want to like ride on the glory of basically, a team that's already Basically, to go to Saudi Arabia, doesn't Which he? is Napoli, basically. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, Rudy is still there. But Verona have been absolutely terrible so they have been but i still have faith in marco baroni so i think what he did Mm -hmm. at lecce what what you expecting with hellas verona they don't really spend a lot of money either so no they've got nothing this is the thing so 
Anyway, move yeah. into the 5 p.m. kickoff. So we've got Torino versus Inter. Inter obviously needs to get back to winning ways after their kind of shoddy last few performances, I would say. Um, they've yeah. kind of thrown a few games away. Um, and yeah, I'm sure Inzaghi will be wanting to get a victory here. And then quickly move on to 7.45 p.m. kickoff. We've got Sassuolo taking on Lazio. It could be an interesting game of football there, Rory. Um, Sassuolo win all Sassuolo, day. Sassuolo win. Sassuolo to win. I, I think that that is definitely on the cards. Um, we'll like move- Lazio have been so crap this year. Sassuolo are definitely going to rock up and win like 3-0. Definitely. Like, that's just what's going to happen. No, it's going to be a strange one, isn't it? I, I don't know which way to call it sometimes with Lazio as well. The way they've been playing. I mean, you said it was Scudetto mm. favourites, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, and I, I thank you every time you bring it up as well. <laughs> I'm sure karma will happen one day to me. Karma will definitely happen. Anyway, move on to Sunday at 11:30 a.m. Even is Roma taking on Monza? Um, some interesting new noise coming out of Rome. Um, potentially, Jose Mourinho is going to end his tenure at Roma at the end of the season. That seems to be the mm. news that's coming out. Whether that's legitimate or if that's another leak. <laughs> As a, has been going about, but Monza on good form as well, Rory. Um, they've been very mm. good up until this point. So, um, could you uh, see Cal- Monza oh, pulling wait, off a result? Colpani Cal- for Monza has been absolutely unreal mm. this season um, and is continuing to kill it. I think Roma should get a result here, though. I think Monza at home are very different to different, Monza yes, away. Yeah. Um, I think Roma should get a result here. I think the, the Mourinho thing is really interesting because I think. I can't help but think it's him just negotiating for a better deal. Possibly, if you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's putting out noise. Oh no, I'm definitely going. I'm definitely yeah, going. Yeah. I'm definitely going. So the Roma board, maybe, you know, he wants, he likes to be yeah. wanted. He likes to be appreciated. I think maybe he's like, oh, if they, they'll realize they can't do any better than me and they'll <laughs> offer me more. So I think they, there could be a bit of that. Cause I do still deep down think that he's really enjoying it at Roma and of he course is, he is yeah. slowly building something there super slowly but slowly building something you could there. see someone like Conte rocking up and then like taking it on to the next level definitely but yeah Conte I don't think at Roma would be interesting <laughs> I yeah. don't know how that's yeah Conte at Roma would be fun um yeah mm, that would certainly know. get it yeah. rocking I think that would definitely be the it would term. be um, yeah Anyway, we'll move on to the other games that take place at 2pm, and that's Bologna taking on Frasinone, Salernitana uh, taking on Calgary. Um, obviously, uh, we've seen Paolo Sosa leave uh, Salernitana. He's been sacked by them, and Calgary, I don't, I don't know if Claudio Ranieri is still there. He probably is still in the background somehow. Yeah, just about. Just about. So um, this could be an interesting game because both sides need the win here, but I'm not going to dwell too much time on this but, one. No, we need to talk about it. It's Filippo Inzaghi's first game. It's fully points like his first game for Salernitana. Um, He has taken over a player or a manager with a checkered past. I I think kind of did all right with Benevento, but then didn't. And he's had some like promising periods. So he's previously managed well, wasn't it? Yeah, he was at Brescia, Bologna, Benevento, Regina, so Mm -hmm. all the way down to Serie C, and then now Salernitana. Obviously, not quite the manager of his brother, um, but a chance for him to kind of restore his um, reputation a little yeah. bit. If he can get a few results and keep them in the league, then all of a sudden he's done, he's worked miracles, I think. But mm. it could be more of a management appointment for Serie B than Serie A. Potentially, um, but sure. otherwise the way I look at this is potentially a signing of someone that could potentially train up those strikers to score more goals, which yeah, is essentially well, what they yeah. need right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's VAR now, though. There's VAR on offsides. People in Zaggy would have had like 20 goals if <laughs> yes. they had VAR for offside. You can't teach them anything. Well, this is true. But I think there was a few relationships there that were getting soured by <laughs> yeah. South still being there. So yes, I think that's almost definitely by selling Natana there. Um, anyway, we're moving to 5pm. So we've got Atalanta taking on Genoa. Ooh, that could be a tasty game. game. Atalanta mm. obviously being very hit and miss. And Genoa, I think they're the pod's favourites so far. Yes. Um, just the way yeah, they've been yeah. playing. So, um, yeah, look forward to that game. And then... An interesting, sorry, an interesting story came out about Genoa's owners this week. They are, of course, 777 who are trying to buy Everton. Um, we thought it was all going well for Genoa. No, no, no. Um, but as the Genovese will know, it's never good for too long. And it looks like 777 are currently unable to pay their staff. Um, yes. So there could be trouble over the horizon for both Everton and Genoa, um, not too far, which is just so... 
shit to see because Genoa had that hard mm-hmm. reset. They got relegated. They've come up with a really good team. They've made clever signings. They're playing great football. They've got Giladino. It all looks fantastic. And then this. And then the 777. So just a little bit of a concern in the background there for Genoa. But I think this game, I, I'm going to say this has lots of goals. Yeah, I'm going to say I this is like 3-2, 4-3 like or something. Three, three, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely lots There's going to be goal city. In, uh, <laughs> yes. in uh, Bergamo, Bergamo, yes, definitely. And then we move into the main highlight, which is 7.45, Milan Ooh. taking on Juventus. There's been another leak by our favourite, Corona. He's uh, leaked Max Allegri doing something <laughs> on the roulette tables, um, potentially part of the betting scandal. Don't know yet, um, but he's shown a... Yeah, I mean, there's a video essentially for circulating, so I don't know how legitimate mm. that is at this stage, but... Again. There's an interesting thing going on with Juve, isn't there? I think <laughs> I keep thinking, their, their lawyers are doing really well at the moment. <laughs> Freaking hell, they have got to have. They're going to have to get. They're going to have to draft Rooney in just to try and do some paperwork. <laughs> They've got so many it's cases work experience. <laughs> They've got so many cases. I could do a bit of stapling in the corner or something, Wayne. Um, they've got so many cases on at the moment. Um, but I think I can't help but think that they are leaking these stories. Because well, the Paul yeah. Pogba story comes out, right, about him doping. Yeah, of course. And he's a player that they clearly wanted gone, right? Yeah. The, the transfer had not worked, right? And this story comes out, he's gone, right? Um, Allegri is a manager they've been trying to get rid of for a very long time. Yeah. Can't afford to get rid of him. This story comes out. Um, Fajoli, now obviously it looks like he's in all sorts of yeah. like genuine trouble, like addiction and like really... Honest, like we are all thinking about him and hoping mm. that he can get through this and hope he gets all the help that he needs yes. and that he, he get mm. that he needs. But I also think Juve are potentially aren't the club that are going to do that to a no, player and they're going to take the time to look after a player. Um, I don't know what their track record is like <laughs> for that, but I can't imagine it's great. Um, so I can't. I just keep getting the feeling that they're just like dropping these things out and just Your getting bombs, rid of these yeah. problems that they don't want. Um, but it is just so endless it is just so mm. endless um but if we talk about actually on the pitch yes i think this could be a very interesting game i'm not going to say mm-hmm. it's going to be a great game because i think juve are going to turn up to spoil the party yes but if milan turn up and play like they can i think we could see a real masterclass from milan here i think they they could get a really big well i was just going to bring up this point around and i'm just trying to find it in my bookmarks but it's uh, milan's goalkeeping crisis at the moment i don't know if oh well yes true um, but essentially uh if you haven't seen mike manian is injured for this game so he couldn't make it but also the reserve goalkeeper is missing for this particular match meaning they are having to rely on potentially someone else. Now, I'm just trying to grab his name, and I can't find it right oh, now. Oh, Milante. It's Milante, Milante that's it? it. Um, but there was kind of a lot of uh, funny tweets going around about how they should get Giroud's shirts ready for this match, potentially, just so we could see another audition on the goalkeeping post by Olivier. Um, but yeah, uh, to this match, I think this could be an inch fascinating matchup because... Juventus haven't been necessarily great in terms of the way they play, but they're getting results, right, Rory? And uh, mm-hmm. Milan, they're starting to pick up form. Um, it's just a question of will Pioli choke again when it comes to these big occasions where he needs to get results. Um, but, you know, he's getting a tune out of Okafor. Um, I think we've Oof. already, already said about Chukwesi, right? Chukwesi hasn't really delighted, yeah. but Pulisic has been quite good. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek has gone a bit quiet, but Moose has been very good, as you alluded to. And defensively, I think they're actually quite a decent team when they're on fire in terms of form, but it's getting that consistency. That That's the it's only thing. It's always goalkeepers. At what point does Mainyan's fitness become I think it's already been questioned. I think I wouldn't like, be surprised if they got an offer say 50 60 million they would yeah. just accept it now he's missed chunks of this season and last season and the mm. season before now yeah um and it's cost them their that kind of is title a, that is an issue right that is an issue um but ac milan are unbeaten in their last five Serie A matches against juventus um they haven't gone six unbeaten since a seven match streak between 1986 and 1989 so Ooh. pioli has the chance to make history here and obviously has the upper hand over allegri over the last few meetings mm. so i think this could be I'm gonna say Milan get a get a big statement win here. Um Juve tried to spoil the party and it just doesn't work. I'm gonna go for one one. 
it, I think Oof. they'll cancel each other out. I, I genuinely feel it'll be Milan will dictate the match. Juventus will get themselves back into the game and then they'll park the bus. Just yeah. typical Allegri style. I can see that right. happening um, and boring the pants of all of us, really. So, <laughs> yeah. Making us yeah. pray for the Sunday for the... evening to end. <laughs> yeah. Praying for Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. Or if you've ever seen James Horncastle do that uh, picture of the man with a cigarette and then he goes, yeah. Castle, yeah. or like something along those terms. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's yeah. going to be one 100%. of those, isn't it? Um, but otherwise, quickly just move into Monday's fixtures. So at 5.30 p.m., we've got Udinese taking on Lecce and at 7.45 it's going to be Fiorentina taking on Empoli so probably not a lot to write about there Udinese probably getting another draw and uh, Fiorentina yeah. maybe <laughs> and we'll just again. move on with our lives yeah, yeah Udinese are going to finish on 38 points <laughs> yes. like, it's going to be like, <laughs> yeah it's going to be insanity um, nice well that is our season our season pre- oh my god I'm so tired <laughs> weekend fixtures. our weekend <laughs> preview done um, we're going to take a very quick break so I can have a power nap and we're going to come back, <laughs> we'll come back with in a week's mastermind. time <laughs> yeah, yeah we will see you in a week With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Surprise, we're back and it is time for the Mastermind Quiz. I have warmed up and limbered up, had a power nap. Adam's got the questions ready. I do. And Adam, I'm going to hand over to you. Thank you, Rory. So uh, you have two sets of questions, Rory, to uh, pick from. So topics-wise, you have got your favourite football nicknames in the UK or, alternatively, UK football stadiums. So which one would you like to pick? Which one am I going to do better with? Let's go for stadiums. You did stadiums, stadiums. last week. Let's I will do, do stadiums. Here we go. Cool. Is it sponsor names or original names? So I've kept names. it to the original names. So if you do give me okay. one stadium name that happens to be a sponsor name, but I, I'm looking through my questions or, and answers and no, I don't think you have to worry about any of that. So we should be in good hands. Okay. We should be in good hands. So Roy, we will start this in three two one Prenton Park is the home stadium of which club Preston North End incorrect no it's not which team also have a stadium named after Arsenal's previous football ground Highbury Barnet incorrect number three Bramall Lane is the oldest football ground in England's top league true or false True. Correct. Which club has returned back to their stadium after having been reformed and hadn't played at the location since 1991? Pass. Not including the stadium that they have ground shared, Brighton used to play at what stadium prior to playing at the Withdean Stadium? Gold. Oh, Gold. I watched the video. No, oh, I can't and remember. We're out of time, unfortunately, Rory. Fuck. So we'll go through them. I think that was one you scored. So that's very respectable. Ugh. Um, you got the Bramall Lane one, which was true or false. So 50 50, right? But, um, 50 yeah, we'll 50, guys, I have smashed it. I think <laughs> smashed we can all agree. This week. Anyway, first one Prenton Park is Tranmere Rovers. Uh, Tramme, why did I say Preston? Uh, Highbury Stadium is also at Fleetwood Town. Um, You got the Bramall Lane question right. Which team has returned or back to the stadium after having been reformed and hadn't played at the location since 1991? Correct, Plough Lane, of course. And the stadium that you were getting stuck with was the Gold grounds ah. um, I'm going to quickly just go through a few more because I think this was a really God. fascinating one but County Ground is the name of which former Premier League team 
Stockport County? No, Swindon Town. Oh, God, uh, God Jesus Christ. I'm whose so, stadium right, is the smallest yeah. in the English Football League? Sutton United. Incorrect. It wasn't by a lot, but it's Accrington Stanley, believe it or not. Oh, damn, really? Um, Kenilworth Road is the smallest stadium in the Premier League history, but which team had the smallest when the Premier League came into inception in 1992-93 season? Oh, Oldham? Correct. Oof. The Kassam Stadium is the home of Oxford United. What is it famous for? Uh, um, did it, is, that's not where... No, I don't know. I'm going to say something really daft. I don't know. I always think it's Sam Hamam who runs that <laughs> yeah. club, but it isn't, is it? No. No, it? it's uh, no. three stands, having just three stands. There ah, okay, right. Um, okay, before good. calling no, it home, really Anfield sure. was the home stadium of which football team? Everton. Correct. Yeah, uh, Fulham Football Club declined having which stadium before calling Craven Cottage its home ground? Wembley. Stamford Bridge. And the last question, West Oh, yeah, they were trying to sell it yeah. to everybody, weren't they, Stamford Bridge? West Ham's yeah. previous football ground was played by which South London team? They ground shared in the 90s. Millwall? No, no that can't be Charlton Athletic. Idea. Okay, because that must have been a terrible idea, Millwall. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that would have been That could have been rivalry <laughs> hell, yeah. It could have been interesting. Yeah. That could have been interesting. Uh, okay, one. Go. I'll absolutely take it. The one that annoys me is the Brighton one. And yes. I panicked with Preston North End. Um, I've been to Prenton Park. Anyway, good. I thought <laughs> I'd put a few Football League ones yeah. just in case. You yeah, well, I did a bit of touring with the Alex, but I should have remembered that. Yeah. Um, good. Well, guys, we go. hopefully you got more than me. Um I hope for your sake you've got more than me. But thank you for joining us. Um, As always, um, Adam, anything to say before I send these lovely people off? No, have a great weekend, whatever you're up to. I'll be away next week. So I'll leave you in the capable hands of Rory with some guests. So look out for that. To be confirmed, TBC. Um, But yeah, I'm sure you're going to miss my anecdotes about Wicked Wanderers and Poland, but probably not. So uh, enjoy your week. We will. We will miss you, Adam, and enjoy your holidays. and yeah, as always, thank you for joining us. You, you can follow us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod, on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod, on TikTok at Anglo Italian Pod. We rattled a lot of pro Saudi fans. That was fun <laughs> yes, we with did. our NUFC against sports watching episode. So go check out our TikTok. Um, if you are listening on a podcast app of choice, mm. um, give us a five star rating and drop a comment if you're yeah, extra bored. Um, on YouTube, you can hit like and subscribe down here. And as always, always tell a friend and we are going to finish before i run out of breath with our quote of the week which comes from gabriel jesus when asked who is the funniest player at arsenal he said i think kivior or zinchenko jacob doesn't speak at all you look at him and he always keeps making this face you'll have to tune in on youtube guys for you to see that beautiful expression we will see you on monday ciao ciao Podcast Network.